the 120 guys that are BYU football players. I could beat a few of them. How, How many, many linemen could you beat, Justin? <laughs> if I can't beat our linemen, I probably am. I'm in trouble. I, I know I can beat our linemen, that's for nice. sure. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Hall squeezes it up and, and scores one. it and one again. Dallin Hall lobs it up to Atiki. Dallin Hall spots an opening drive and dunk. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Happy Monday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Using context clues, I'm guessing you know who's in studio with us now. It is the BYU sophomore star point guard, Dallin Hall. Dallin, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. It's a happy Monday. It is a happy Monday. And listen, we, you told us that at some point you were going to throw down a big dunk. <laughs> this is really our first opportunity to talk about what happened on that dunk in the Houston game. We just saw it. Walk, walk us through that play, the one that you delivered on your promise zone. Right. Um, came down the lane. There was no one there, surprisingly. <laughs> um, so I just rose up, and the last second I was like, I might as well dunk this thing. So <laughs> luckily I got up enough. I actually, you know, I have lost the ball for a sec, and so luckily I was able to get it back and dunk it. But it's good to get one. It was oh. a teeth grinder. Oh, I loved goodness. it. Oh, oh it was awesome. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you have to regroup after that, the disappointment of that. And then in comes Texas. They come in super hot, have won two games in a row against ranked teams. How were you guys able to summon the performance you had, which was arguably the best of the year? Yeah, I think uh, just staying, you know, even no matter what the results are, that's kind of key in this conference. Like this conference is trying to tear teams apart and beat you up and, and see what you're really made of. And I feel like it really showed who we were as a team and we were able to stay together. And so that was a huge test for us. I love how we responded. Obviously, there's going to be more in the future, but I think that's a good testament to the kind of team we are. Dallin, before the game, I was speaking with the team doctors and they were kind of jokingly saying, but half seriously saying, I don't know if there are more sick people on the roster right now (laughs) or more healthy guys. We'll see what happens. But Man, to your credit, uh, you and Richie Saunders and Trevin Nell and some others that had to play through sickness, you do so knowing that, like, okay, if we can just get through today, we got a week to rest. Right. What was that like for you going into the game, knowing that not – not, I mean, half the roster was, was sick and you had to play through that? Yeah, I think uh, it's obviously one of the challenges that um, many teams are facing at this time of year. And for us, like – Coach does a really good job of making sure we're taking care of taking care of our bodies during the week. We have great athletic trainer and Rob Ramos, um, and so they provide us with the the help that we need. And then ultimately, it's just like you go out there and play through it because you have so much love for your, the brothers on your team that uh, they've done it before. It was our turn that night, and so we just did it for each other. It was the reemergence of Foose game. He was good in the last like ten minutes against Houston, right? But in this game, despite only 17 minutes, the dude scored 16 points, 6 of 7, 6 points. What is it like to have him back to where you can throw it in the post and have that option? Ali has that game, but it's been more of a five-out thing with him. Yeah, no, it's huge because teams are scouting us. Um, they're trying to throw different ball screen coverages at us, and a lot of teams resort to a switch because they just can't handle the shooters. And so 
you can't switch on Foose. I mean, we talk about it. We say it's food as soon as you give it to him in the post. Like, he's going to go score. And what's awesome about Foose, and I think somewhere he's grown a lot this year, is he's now really being able to make the right play, too. Like, if a guy helps, he's kicking it to a wide-open shooter. So teams are just paralyzed. And it's awesome to see him back. He's going to help us a ton. We knew it would come along. Like, it's hard to come back mid-Big 12 season. And so it was just a matter of time, and he's loving it, and we're loving it, too. Dallin Hall is with us on BYU Sports Nation, and Foose was a big part of winning in a different way on Saturday. Scored a ton in the paint. I mean, dominated Texas in the paint. At what point in the game did you realize, okay, clearly they're not going to allow us to take three-point shots. We're, we're going to dominate the paint. When did that change? Yeah, I think it was pretty early on, just like coming off ball screens, realizing the defense was super extended. Um, I think that's kind of how teams are approaching us more and more as time goes on, just because of the way we shoot it. And we did a really good job of finishing our cuts. Like Noah early on had a few really great back cuts, and Ali was finding the right guys. And so I think we do a good job of just taking what the defense gives us. Like ultimately, we just try and play the best brand of team basketball, and that's what it was that night. Fouls and free throws have been an issue, right? Um, but you have one fewer foul in this game than Texas, and you make more free throws, and you only take one fewer free throw. What role do those things have on the success of this team moving forward? It's huge. Guarding legal is something we really try and emphasize. We haven't done the greatest job so far in conference play, and so that was a big step forward for us with a physical team like Texas. And then, yeah, getting to the free throw line, you know, I think that helps us a lot because then defenses have to start worrying about inside and it'll reopen for, for our shooters. And so I thought it was a good balance, a good mix, and we just played a little bit smarter on defense. Which is interesting because this, uh, this team is made to get layups and threes, which are the most efficient shots in basketball, right? It's not like you're going to get to the free throw line 25 times a game every game. Right. Iowa State was awesome that way. But if you can just make that disparity just a little less – and you make more threes. That feels like a key to success. No, absolutely. Uh, I think we can continue to do better on the defensive end, being smarter on them, which fouls we have. Uh, I thought the rock was huge at the game, making them miss some free throws. And so, uh, yeah, just room for growth. And that's what's exciting is we do have a lot of room to grow as a team. Coach Pope has been very transparent about the importance of your role on this team, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the floor getting into some foul trouble against Houston, so you had to sit on the bench. And then, of course, you're dealing with sickness on Saturday, so you had to take some breathers. Like, how, how is your team accommodating when you are not on the floor? What are you doing to try and maintain that level of play when the starting point guard's not on the floor? Yeah, I think it's just that same mentality that we've talked about all season is next guy up. Um, so I get in that foul trouble, and Jax slides over to the point guard position, and it's just next guy up. And guys who are coming off the bench understand that we're just as deadly as a team because we have those same shooters out there, um, the same post presence. And obviously it's frustrating when I'm not able to be out there, but I'm just trying my best on the bench to, to help those guys see what I see when I'm out there. And they do a great job just stepping up and playing with confidence. Now that you're seven games into the 18-game Big 12 schedule, what's it been like to play the teams you play? every week and uh, physically, emotionally, mentally? Because from our vantage point, it is fun, but you're in the fight every day. Yeah, it is fun for me too, honestly. Like, it's a dream come true. Like, my goal since I was a you know, kid that big was to play against the best players in the world. And so to have that stage every night is, is a dream come true. And I know 
it's a platform for BYU and a lot of the players on our roster that they've always wanted. And so we're just trying to go out there and make the most of it and, and put our best foot forward and win a lot of games. Did you ever think you'd feel good at three and four? Like we feel, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In the toughest conference in America, it's like, hey, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, no, there's like that sentiment of we're doing well. Uh, we've really competed. Obviously, we're a little frustrated um, because we feel like we could be at a way even better place right now. But you just got to take it for what it is and move forward. And so that's what we're doing. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're just going to learn from it and, and try and make our way up the rankings. Aside from getting the obvious rest that your team needs and, and getting healthy, what's priority number one this week to get ready for West Virginia on Saturday? Uh, I think priority number one is to to get fresh. Like Coach talks a lot about that on our days off. Uh, so I think today will be huge for us to get back in the gym, be fresh, uh, take care of our bodies this week, and then mentally prepare for West Virginia because they're a team that's beat you know a lot of good teams at yep. their place. Kansas and Texas notably. Right. So we're going to go in with a bunch of confidence because we've earned it. That's what kind of team we are, but we're also going to respect them and bring our A game. You assume the toughest version of them because the weakest version of them showed up on Saturday losing to Oklahoma State. But you assume the Kansas version is going to show up, right? Sure, sure. Okay, so um, what, what's, what's it like to be midseason, but, but how do you relax a little bit? Because you're a Lord of the Rings, you're a Star Wars, you're a Marvel guy. You're, these are the things we like too. <laughs> what, what, what are you, what are you, uh, how do you relax midseason like this? Um, when I'm not doing my finance homework. <laughs> you have basketball uh, and finance. So yeah. You're a busy dude. No. Um, I don't know. Me and the boys, two nights ago maybe, three nights, sat down and watched episode three of Star Wars. Just relax. Just randomly Revenge of the Yeah, Sith. just we're just sitting there like, let's throw it on, you know? It's, like a, it's kind of a heavy movie, <laughs> right, to relax. <laughs> That's true. But it's just such a classic, so... I don't know, maybe watch a movie is probably my answer for relaxing. There you go. Hey, what do you do to relax? Watch Order 66. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. Gets me, gets me back. <laughs> gets me dialed in. It's just a great way to calm just down. Just a real you know? calming movie. Yep. Dallin Hall is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned finance. I know that you uh, you care a lot about your schoolwork and your education. So, you know, part about balancing schoolwork along with playing basketball because Basketball is like a full-time job. Oh, and you go to school as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the toughest part is missing classes, like when we're traveling. Uh, luckily, we have uh, Jess Mullen, who's our kind of mentor. She does a fantastic job of helping all of us. Uh, we're a tough bunch to help, and she really handles it. <laughs> but uh, she gets us tutors, and then I'd just say the hardest part is missing, like, those lectures yeah. and trying to get back on the What's same page. What's your favorite class here? Ooh, my favorite class? Right now, I'm in a Judaism and Islam class. I took that one. Yeah. I loved it. So I'm trying to learn yeah. a little bit more about Islam with some of my teammates having yeah. that personal faith. Awesome. Yeah. You can ask questions, right? To yeah, them. yeah. Hey, tell me about this. Trying to understand a little bit more about their background, and hopefully we can have some good conversations. Super cool. That's really cool. Like, uh, And I respect a ton about Islam with Salats and the beads. And it's just they, they do some things that I think we can do better, which is like they're always thinking about God. Yeah. Always. Constantly. Um, what do you want to do with a finance degree? Ooh, uh, I th I'm hoping to get in the strategy program. I don't know if I'm allowed to like say that on here. <laughs> uh, yes, you are. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, yeah, um, whoever lets me in, shout out them. <laughs> but hopefully I can get in the strategy program. 
um, taking finance to just kind of understand uh, that aspect a little bit better and don't know what I want to do after that, but just ride hoops as far as I can and figure it out after that. Outstanding. We'll finish with this. We, we mentioned you're at West Virginia on Saturday. I know it's Monday. You'll, you're going to go through some pretty intense tape review and, and film review, whatever we call it. Do we, do we call it just footage review Digital at this point? Footage Digital review. footage yeah, review. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, coaches just say watching tape. So you're going to do a lot of it this week, but what do you know about them other than they've got a couple of big home wins? Um, I think we know that it's going to be a physical battle and we know that that arena is crazy. Like that's what we've heard and we're excited to be able to play in that environment. But every game in the Big 12 is just a physical battle. And so like you guys were saying, there's no nights off. So we know what we're stepping into and, and we're going to be prepared. That's just the kind of character and culture that we've built as a team. Is there any other Korg impersonation or anything else you want to <laughs> deliver? Because that's kind of what we do here. Uh, I don't know. I got a, I got a decent <laughs> King Julian one that I Oh, King Julian? Okay. Let's next time. Oh, for next time. Okay. For next time? I'm working on it. A little build up. You yeah. Know. Okay. It's called the tease in the bis. Yeah. I like that. Good. We can appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. King Julian next time. Yep. We talked to Dallas. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take it easy tomorrow. Maybe watch Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The end scene. The, the last 20 minutes just really, really settled you down. Get me back in the zone. <laughs> we, took, we took our kids to this, and I was kind of like shielding their eyes on that last scene. Like, maybe don't watch Darth Vader uh, cook here. <laughs> Let yeah. him cook. A little intense. Uh, Dallin, good, great to have you with us. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate good you luck guys. against West Virginia on Saturday. Hey, check, check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope uh, this Thursday, every Thursday. This uh, year, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. A loaded whip around on the way, including a rematch of Cougars in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. How about that? An actual moral victory, and maybe the best hype woman ever at BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B on a Monday. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. Let's roll out a busy Monday full of headlines. Men's Hoops beats Texas 84-72 thanks to five Cougars scoring in double figures. Jackson Robinson, Noah Waterman each led with 17 points. Noah's scored 17-plus in three straight, by the way. Boost with 16 points at eight boards in 17 minutes. Spencer Johnson, Richie Saunders, each scored 11 as well. BYU 15-5 on the year, 3-4 in the Big 12. Despite the win, BYU falls number six in the net. Oh, no! Falls out of the top five for the first <laughs> time since net came out this year. Number nine in Kempom. It's great. BYU has a midweek bye. Won't play again until they play at West Virginia on Saturday. I'm glad you mentioned Noah. Is he the most underappreciated player on the roster right now? He's quietly Perhaps, like being yeah. awesome. He's playing really, really good. BYU women's basketball. In a little bit of a shocker, albeit a heartbreaker, against fourth-ranked Kansas State, they lose 67-65. Had a shot at the end to tie it from Kaylee Smiler, but the jumper didn't go. BYU had multiple opportunities in the last minute to tie or take the lead. Could not get the shot to fall. Lauren Gustin with her second 20-20 game of the season. She had 25 points and 21 rebounds Mm. against the number four team in the country at their place. Let's go. I know they were missing a few key parts were the Wildcats, but still, no, hey, not our problem. come on. Not our problem. BYU now 12-9 and nine on the season, 2-6 and six in Big 12 play up next. Big one against Kansas on Wednesday. 
at the historic Fog Allen Fieldhouse. If Billy wins that game, that'd be a huge road split for the Cougars. Cougars in the NFL playoffs. Fred Warner helped the Niners to a 17-point second-half comeback win, 34-31 over the Lions, to advance to the Super Bowl. Warner had a game-high 13 tackles, TFL, and a PBU. Niners will rematch with Andy Reid's Chiefs in the Super Bowl after the Chiefs. Beat the Ravens 17-10. Andrew Reid's fourth Super Bowl appearance with the Chiefs, fifth overall. Amazing. Kyle Van Noy, three tackles and a TFL in the loss for the Ravens. Eighth-ranked BYU men's volleyball drops two matches to UC Irvine <sighs> in four sets on Friday and in a five-set thriller on Saturday. The losses end BYU's 18-match home win streak. Cougars now 7-3 on the season and will work to bounce back against Long Island beginning this, or rather, next Thursday. Track and field, the women's distance group had five runners finish with program top 10 times on Saturday at the John Thomas Terrier Classic in Boston, including Jenna Hutchins, Lexi Halliday-Lowry, and Aubrey Frenthaway, who finished second, third, and fourth in the 5K, separated by a total of seven-tenths of a second. How about that? Riley Chamberlain and Carmen Alder both had program top tens in the mile as well. And former Cougar Anna Camp Bennett won the mile. That's awesome. Let's continue with the track and field news. Another group from BYU track and field competing at the Bob Pollock Invitational at Clemson. Some notable performances from the Cougars include Jaden Ross Kelly winning the men's heptathlon, Sammy Oblad winning the women's 800 meters, and Sierra Tidwell Alfin, incredible high jumper. Yeah, she wins the high jump there as well and adds to her resume. Yeah, she's, uh, she's awesome, man. Men's tennis drops a road match at UC Irvine Friday 6-1 to fall to 1-3 on the season. Wally Thane was the lone Cougar to win in the singles match. And Thane and Zach Fuchs were the lone winning doubles team. And men's golf is at the Arizona Intercollegiate uh, today and tomorrow at Arizona in Tucson at the uh, Omni or Omni if you want the Book of Mormon version. Uh, <laughs> son of Jerem, uh, Tucson National Resort. There we go. Now that wraps up our headlines. Some opinions, shall we? In the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Women's Hoops lost by two at number four Kansas State on Friday. Called for, hey, compete. Perhaps that'd be a moral victory there. Was that what you were looking for? Yes, but I'm frustrated. <laughs> uh, it absolutely is a moral victory. Like, you can build off something like that when you have a young team and a true freshman backcourt in Kaylee Wilson and Amari Whiting. Yeah, you can build off of that, but... Because it was so close, you had, you had a chance. there's frustration there, right? I, I was, like I said, I would've been happy if BYU were within 15 points. Like 10 would've felt like, whoa, wow, yeah, nice job. They had a chance to win, legitimately win the game. So there's frustration within that moral victory. Kansas State up to number two today, by That's the a, people and women's best. Amazing. We had a chance to take down number two. Yes, they did. They're capable of greatness. Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman, we featured his articles and comments a few times on the show, posted this about Big 12 basketball standings on <laughs> Saturday. Is this an accurate representation of what the Big 12 standings feel like right now? Because he said, current Big 12 basketball standings are how they kind of look right now. Has 12 teams tied for first? <laughs> what it feels, no, he's not wrong. And then like, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. There's obviously a separation between a few of these teams, West Virginia and Oklahoma State notably. That's why BYU's gotta go win at West Virginia yeah, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. But it's th those are still tough games. Like those are not automatic. Like in the WCC, when BYU would play like at Portland, we'd be like, listen, you gotta go win that game. Come on. And then there were times where BYU would lose those games sometimes. Yes. There was so much pressure to not lose a bad game. It was more to not lose more to, than more to win. Yeah. And that's not the case now for BYU, so that's pretty funny. There will probably only be one of those games all season where BYU fans 
are thinking, okay, that would be a bad loss. And it's Oklahoma State and it's Provo. At, yeah, yes, that's the only That's the only game. That's the only one. Right? Because that would be a quad three yeah. loss. Yeah. It's the only game on the entire Big 12 schedule. Yeah. It's like, don't lose that one. Yeah. Women's distance runners uh, competed in Boston over the weekend, as we mentioned. Flow Track posted this video of uh, Jenna Hutchins, Lexi Halliday Lowry, Aubrey Frenthway finishing second, third, and fourth. But, uh, you know, Diljeet Taylor, the coach, going crazy. <laughs> Was this actually a video of you at the BYU Texas game? I tried my best to contain myself on press row. <laughs> You're on press row. You can't no, In fact, I have people comment often, like, how are you not losing it down there? on press row and it's like you, you just, learn to you just get used to it yeah. like yeah. i mean there will be a few moments where i'm like whoa or like mm. like i probably let my face kind of like and there's a questionable call i probably have like some facial expressions that would suggest i agree or disagree but outside of that like yeah no thankfully i'm not doing what dill g taylor does because if i did i would not be on press row for much longer nope no you would not <laughs> what's funny now is when there's a review in volleyball there's a couple of fans that i look at and i tell them whether it was like a you know in out or touch <laughs> and so the other day i just kind of turned around and i'm like and they're like yes <laughs> i'm like we see it yeah because they just that. sit there and they're waiting, yes. and we're like seeing all these angles. They have no idea. I love, I love Diljeet though. Yeah, like, she's oh awesome. my gosh. The the run for her mantra and campaign that she has going at BYU is something special. Yeah. And her in that is the little girl that fell in love with running. Yes. That's what it's in. Running. I love that. All right, BYU men's volleyball. Ugh. Speaking of uh, you giving clues and context to uh, the crowd behind you, they're not going to like back-to-back losses against UC Irvine. What did you learn about BYU over the weekend? Listen, BYU's good, but uh, UC Irvine's uh, very good. And uh, so it was tough. Um, BYU got kind of worked on the, the first night on Friday and Saturday. BYU competed better, came back, uh, forced a fifth set, and uh, had too many errors. BYU had three foot faults oh. in the fifth set there and hit the ball out a couple times. So, yeah, BYU's got a lot to learn, but uh, BYU's still 7-3 and three and a good team. And uh, in MPSF playing conference, they got to bring it to uh, try and get an at-large to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I don't if think... they don't win that tournament. Irvine's really good, for sure. Um, unfortunately, there's they're just growing pains still for for this team, which is still in some places really young. And um, I, I think they're a top 10 team for sure. I, I don't think they should drop yeah. in rankings. But if BYU's outside the top four or five, they're not like yeah one of the top ones. That's Top four is the elite level, right? So yeah. BYU's still got some work to do for they're sure. They're in that next group right at seven. As mentioned in headlines, we have uh, Andy Reid, Fred Warner, Super Bowl rematch. Uh, after the Chiefs win, Colorado head coach Deion Sanders called Andy Reid, coach him. <laughs> like, he is him. <laughs> Andy Reid is a man. I love him as a man, a coach, and a friend. He is coach him. He's right. <laughs> I just love the phrasing. He is coach, he is coach him. him. He also called Travis Kelsey him. He's like, Travis Kelsey is him, and coach Andy Reid is coach him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's been fun to see Andy. Andy build off what he learned from Lavelle. Like, Lavelle is the goat here. But Andy Reid is the greatest coach to ever come from BYU. Like, unbelievable stuff. Man. And Andy Reid is no so question. quick to mention all of the people that the helped him get to from the point Lavelle. he is at right now, yeah. for sure. Pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully we get to talk to him again, maybe after another Super Bowl win. We'll see. If not, maybe Perhaps. it's Fred Warner after his Super Bowl win. I'm all in on the Chiefs because I'm a Seahawks fan. In <laughs> for Fred? And for Andy. No. Oh. Fred, Fred, yes, but not the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Up next, a few more of your Mailbag Monday questions are going to be answered. This is BYU Sports Nation. Was that the best win of the season for BYU basketball? 
The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. It is schedule release day yeah. for Big 12 football. We just went through the BYU slate. All 12 games now have specific dates. We'll see about times, right? Typically, those don't come until about two weeks before each game. But, hey, we got the slate, yeah. man. We oh, got yeah. the slate. And it's time to discuss that with our dual threat analyst, national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler is back on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, you've had roughly an hour and a half to digest this BYU football schedule. So let's just go to the opposite ends. What do you like most and what do you like least about this Big 12 schedule for BYU? I like the timing of the buys. Um, that's probably what I like most about it. You know, when, when I was on the show, oh, a month or so ago, and we, we, we kind of knew who the teams were, but not the not the schedule and how it would lay out. Um, we said, would it, it'd be nice to get five games under their belt and have a rest. And we thought, wouldn't it be perfect if it was conference weekend, which they got, right? Um, and I like that. I feel like they're playing two of the best teams in the league, in my opinion, coming back after the bye. So not only the timing, but who they play afterward. Arizona with Fafita coming back at quarterback. I realize Jed Fish, the head coach, has gone to Washington, but a tremendous respect for Brent Brennan, uh, who came from San Jose State. He knows that program at Arizona. He was a GA down there when Dick Tomey was there. I don't know that Arizona's going to have a drop-off just because the coach has changed. And so I think they're one of the favorites in the league, and BYU gets them after a bye. And then Utah, who is a huge game and always good and going to be good again next year, especially if Cam Rising's back and healthy, that comes after the other bye. Um, so they go on the road. The only thing that could have been better for BYU is if Utah did not also have a bye on that same yeah. week. It's interesting that Utah's bye weeks match up exactly with BYU's bye weeks. But, but So the thing that jumps out at me is I, I like where the byes fall, and I like that what I would consider two of the most difficult games on the schedule come immediately following those bye weeks, allowing you to have a couple of weeks to prepare for those teams. So that's, that's what I like best. The league has done a nice job of not giving BYU too many at home in a row or too many on the road. You, but you only have one homestand of two games in a row, and then you have two two games on the road. What do you think of that kind of balance of, hey, mo most of the time you're, you're hitting the road within two weeks? Yeah, I, I think they did a pretty good job of that. And I also like, Jeremy, you and I were talking about this last night, um, if you're going to go to Arizona State, can you go late? Yeah. in the year so yeah. it's not 107 degrees and so i think november <laughs> at arizona state is a good thing central florida should start to cool off a little bit by by the 26th of october sure. right sure so, so there's two road games in what we would consider um climates that you would have to adapt to if you went early in the season shouldn't be a factor um and so i, I like that as well i like that there's i like the setup of away versus home i like where the buys fall i like that the that the hot climate road games are, are later in the year. Um, I also like that a warm weather school comes to BYU at the end of the year on November 30th in Houston. Um, that, you know, I think that bodes well uh, for, for BYU. Um, you know, I, I don't like that Utah's on the ninth. I know that when you were going to break, Spencer, you said, let's see if Blaine likes that. I wanted Utah the 30th okay. of November. I think we all wanted it on the 30th of November just to cap the season. It, it's not devastating to me. I'm not going to sulk about it, but but I 
But I do, I do think that it would be fun to have that Utah game that where if they tried to schedule a Thanksgiving weekend to have a cap to the season every year, the big rivalry game. Outside of that, I, I actually really like the schedule. And, you know, who they don't play is interesting, too. And we knew that a while ago, but no West Virginia, no Iowa State, who I think is going to be really good next year. And I think you, you, arguably the most physical team in the league and a big challenge for BYU. They don't have them in the schedule. That crazy offensive Texas Tech is not on the schedule. No TCU again. We're not going to see Deion Sanders come into Provo or go over there. Oh. And then no Cincinnati. So who's not on the schedule is also interesting. Um, and and I, I, I'm okay with them not having to play Iowa State. And I think West Virginia is a team on the rise. So I'm, I'm okay with not playing those. Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I were discussing BYU's path to six wins because this is where we go. BYU won five games a year ago. Progression is naturally getting to a bowl game and getting to that sixth win. And we kind of collectively feel like the Cougars need to be three and one through the first four to feel good about getting to six wins. Is that too lofty of an expectation, given that BYU is going to take on a couple of tough road opponents in SMU and Wyoming and then come home to what we think should be another solid Kansas State team? Is three and one too lofty of an expectation there? I don't think it's too lofty. I don't, by the way, I don't love that they play at SMU and at Wyoming in non-conference. I don't think any of us love that, right? Um, so, so it is what it is. That's the schedule. Tom honored those contracts, Tom Homo. So I respect that. I wish that that wasn't the case because SMU is a really good football team. They got that, that stadium is really fun. If you're down in Texas, you're traveling. It's, it's like a little bowl that they fill up. Um, it's on campus there in Highland Park. It's a great environment, but that's not an easy game. And at Wyoming is never easy. However, having said that, I think BYU's defense takes a monster step forward this year to be one of the elite defenses. And based on who's coming back and some of the pieces they added already with the early signing date and with the transfer portal, they were lacking some monsters up front. They're, they've got them. And, and with Ben Bywater announcing that he's coming back um, and the linebacking core they have, the secondary is really solid. I think this is one of the elite defenses in the league next year. And for that reason, I think they can weather going on the road to SMU and Wyoming and get both of those along with that Southern Illinois. I think they start out 3-0. Then, then Kansas State comes to town. Quarterback Avery Johnson is back. They do have to rebuild that offensive line at K-State, so that will be interesting because they were really good. Um, along with Iowa State, I think Kansas State, one of the most physical teams in the league. So, so that's a big challenge. And then BYU's won at Baylor before. I, I look at what can they be going into the bye? I say they're three and two at worst going into the bye, and they're possibly four and one going into the bye, and I think that's a nice start for them. At worst, I like it. Uh, let's go. I was going to say, name the uh, you started to name the six games at least that you think wins on this schedule. So Southern Illinois, SMU, Wyoming, Kansas State's a 50-50 game for me. I think Baylor's Baylor's a win game for me. Arizona, tough one. Uh, Oklahoma State. Remember, Oklahoma State's got Ollie Gordon back, and then Alan, and Alan Bowman got uh, Bowman got a I don't know is this his ninth year that he gets to come back? <laughs> Kevin Rising and uh, Alan Bowman seven years. Yep. Yeah. So so they get I mean he, Alan Bowman makes Spencer Johnson look like a youngin, right? <laughs> so so Oklahoma State those are tough. Arizona Oklahoma State um, at Central Florida they're gonna have a new quarterback KJ Jefferson transferred in. Um, from Arkansas, so they'll see him again. How many times is they going to see that guy, Man, right? Good um, gosh. So, but but I like their chances against Central Florida, so count Central Florida. Utah's a 50-50 game, no matter how good Utah is or how good BYU is on any given year. Kansas coming 
to Pro Bowl is another 50-50 one with Jalen Daniels back. Um, Jeff Grimes is the new OC. He's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. But I think they beat Arizona State on the road, and they beat Houston at home. So count Houston, Arizona State as wins. Um, I think they get Central Florida. Count Baylor, Wyoming, SMU, and Southern Illinois as a win. And that's six, seven that I'm saying right there. Those are the ones I expect them to win. And then there's a bunch of 50-50 games in there. So if they end up 8-4 and four this year, I'm not surprised. They could they could even be 9-3. and three. I would be I would be disappointed with six and six this year. Okay. If they're not at least if they're not at least seven and five, um, I, I think they will have underachieved based on what I know they have coming back on defense. Seven and five. Okay. So run the ball a little bit and let's go. So you, you again, just to reiterate, you feel like it would be if BYU won six games. There's six and five, or let's say five and six going to the Houston game, they get to six and six. That's an underachievement. Now, Blaine, you've chronicled why you feel so good about the defense. What's BYU bringing back on offense that makes you feel like the offense can do enough to win seven games? I actually like who they who they're bringing back on the offensive line, and and I realize you know that they they they've, they've lost a potential first round draft pick at left tackle and and uh, Sua Mataia, um, but I like the raw talent they have there and the energy I felt already just in the off season with that group with TJ as the new head coach and what what they're doing, and with his play calling experience. And then, and then you bring also a tight ends coach that's been in the NFL and has play calling experience. I, I feel like that those groups upgrade this year offensively. Um, and then the wide receiving core coming back is is very very good. It's as deep and as good as almost anybody in the league. We know that Martin's back at running back. We know that Miles Davis is back at running. Like I feel like the running back room is is deep enough as well. So what's the big question, right? Why am I not just giddy about offensively? Quarterback. Because if you don't know for sure that the quarterback's great, you don't know for sure the offense is going to be good, right? So so that's my question mark, and we don't know who that's going to be. That's why it's so important that they're really good on defense, especially early in the year. So so that's my only hesitation. Uh, you know, is it one of the transfers? Does Bohannon come in and play like he did at Baylor when they won the league? Um, I mean, if he can do that, that, then I'm not surprised with eight wins, right, sure. or even nine. Um, to me, that's the big question mark going in. I feel like they're deep enough and good enough at every position on the field. I think they're going to be lights out on defense. Can they settle in on a quarterback that can be really effective and not necessarily go win games, but but make sure they don't lose games? In that scenario, I'm not blown away if they win eight games. Great stuff, Blaine. Always good to catch up with you. And uh, I think we're with you. Good quarterback play means BYU can win seven or eight games. Mediocre quarterback play. Maybe it's six and six, just like the schedule would say. Mediocrity right there. Okay, we'll right. do it again soon, brother. Take care. All right, thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what do you think of BYU football's 2024 Big 12 schedule? Some more of your responses. Do you care that much about when BYU plays Utah or just that it's on the schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Do it! Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Thanks, Spencer. Jared. He is Jerem Jordan. Let's roll out 
Nebraska Tuesday headline. Good football's 2024 Big 12 schedule is out. The Cougars host Kansas State September 21st. Utah games November 9th after both have a bye week, not the final week, but it is what it is. Cougars finish with the other Cougars of Houston at home on November 30th. Cannot wait for the football season in da -na -na days. I don't know. How 210? <laughs> Seven months-ish? Something like that? Date I'm guessing 210. What is it? We got to know. Date and time calculator. We got to know. All right. As, as Jerem looks. Okay. 214. It's 214. Nice. No, it's not far off. Okay. BYU men's basketball drops one spot in the AP poll to number 22 after splitting games last week, losing close against number four Houston and then beating Texas by 12. Should have beat them by 20, I guess. So why did they drop again? Uh, the Cougars enjoy a midweek bye this week before heading to Morgantown to take on a tricky West Virginia team on Saturday. It's a long road trip, but can the BYU team that has played well at home go on the road? Like, we haven't seen BYU play super well on the road. Can they do it in Morgantown? Men's volleyball, number nine in the ABCA poll after dropping two against UC Irvine. Also, Tion Taylor, the MPSF Defensive Player of the Week after 1.2 blocks per set in four matches last week. Cougars have a bye week after playing six matches in nine days. Men's golf currently lies in fifth place through round one of the NIT. NIT? What? At the Omni Tucson National Golf Club, round two's competition was delayed because of darkness. Isn't that a thing you can look up when that's going to be? Probably. That's, the play is slow, then what do you do? Junior Zach Jones tied for fourth at nine under par, 65, with eight holes to play in the second round. What an unforeseen thing! The sunset! It's going to get dark at early some point. Today. Men's tennis host Omaha today in the first of two home matches this week. First home match of the season. One and three Cougs look to bounce back after losses to LMU and UC Irvine last week. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's have a caption contest. Uh, women's basketball posted uh, a series of photos on Twitter. It included one of Shep in the uh, stands uh, at Kansas getting ready for the game. Uh, what's your caption here? Uh, why is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey throwing Justin Tucker's kicking equipment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much are tickets for the Super Bowl? <laughs> Andy Reid isn't responding to my texts. Something, mm. something Chiefs related right here. Yeah, it, it has to it be, has right? To be. Yeah. It has to be. Never, I've never met a guy who consumes more content of his favorite teams than Jason Shepard. Like, he loves it, it is dedication loves for sure. This Chiefs, is, Jazz, BYU. A man did in his phone. And, and, a man it is. and his phone. Joey <laughs> Basketball's Mark Pope is Thursday. There you go. There's Shep. <laughs> Thursday at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN Plus as the Cougars get ready for a long trip to Morgantown on Friday. Hey, they're a projected five seed in the tournament. Beat West Virginia. Keep those marks and a chance to get to 500 in Big 12 play. After the break. Just win streaks of two and lost streaks oh. of two. And da -da -da. Take one more look at BYU football's 2024 Big 12 schedule with Uncle B. Our dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, is back on the show. What does he think of the Utah game on November 9th? Is he bugged? Is he okay? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. We have four guests on the show at one time. Let's go, baby. I'm not sure we've ever had four guests over here in the Cougar Council Room, right? Not, not with this, the speed of these ladies. This, this is go. new, but 
to their credit, they have been so awesome and coming off just a remarkable performance in Boston. We, we need to have all four. So from left to right, we have Jenna Hutchins, Lexi Halliday, Lowry, Aubrey Frentway, and Riley Chamberlain with us. Great to have you with us. So, Riley, first time for you in here. Yeah. Good to have you. Okay, we're going to put the pressure on you, Riley. Oh, <laughs> Let's go. How would you sum up the emotions of what you just pulled off in Boston? Oh, man, just grateful that all the hard work is finally paying off. It has been paying off, but just to um, run my best time ever, get on the top 10 board again, have such a great experience with all my teammates. Like we pulled off some pretty great performances all together. So it was awesome. Number two mile in BYU history, number two in the Big 12, number four in the NCAA. Um, did you run the race you were hoping to the race is there more in the tank for the future or was that like <laughs> the best you can do it and you got to match it now i mean obviously you want to believe you can always be better so i'm always hoping for better but as far as the race went it went about as good as it could have <laughs> that's awesome what's that feeling like when you cross the finish line and i'm sure diljeet was going crazy as flow track put out yeah um i think just joy excitement um turning around to see my teammate coming in. She ran super well, just, yeah, happiness. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Jenna, we'll move over here to the left. Uh, in the 5K, number three all-time at BYU, number one in the Big 12, number five in the NCAA. What did it mean to you to come across first of your teammates? Is there, are there any bragging rights in the, in, involved there? No, not really. Actually, um, we were really proud to be able to come in together just because during this path cross country season, we've all been training together, working hard together, but we've never been able to come across the line like one, two, three like that. That's wild. So it was a really special moment for all of us. I feel like we all played our part in the race to um, allow that to happen. And so we were, we were just super excited to accomplish that together. And it's seven tenths of a second. The three of you come in? Yeah, So, so you're kind of looking over like, did I get first? Did she get second? What, what was that like? I had no idea where anyone was at that point. <laughs> of the I had... Real talk. <laughs> well, I had kind of, I had taken the lead at one point and I, was, I knew we were trying to put down fast times. The goal ultimately was for all of us to get NCAA qualifying times or yeah. just to run, run fast. And so... Yeah, I, I didn't know where my teammates were, in, but crossing the line and seeing us all come in, boom, 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 That's it was incredible. astounding. I, yeah, it was, it's, it was sur very surreal. So when did you realize, Aubrey, that that had actually happened? And, and you're in being embraced by Diljeet Taylor, just this incredible imagery. And all like, three so. of you were top five in BYU history. Like, that's uh, the run. It's wild. So what, when did it all set in, like, wow, we just did that? Um, I think, honestly, like, right after when coach kind of pulled us aside and was like well she's like you've wanted this moment for a while and you finally got it i was like oh my gosh yeah like we because sometimes like your brain gets all foggy like like she was saying you kind of just start trying to get to the finish line and i when she pulled us aside and told us that i was like yeah like we've been working for this and it's something that we had talked about like oh how cool would that be if we could come in together you know and cross country and then it just the cards didn't line up it was all like we were kind of everywhere and so yeah it was really cool to to see that happen and that was that in that moment we kind of took a picture after we're like yeah. and coach just said like you're going to remember this moment and yeah so jenna and lexi are laughing at some pictures that are on the screen <laughs> what, what, what are you what are you what laughing are you at by? what happened Can i you throw just those saw back me up? in the background gasping for air <laughs> <laughs> 
Sometimes there's some really funny race photos that we get oh, yeah. just like on the down stop or just in like such a funny moment. <laughs> so it's just funny to laugh at. Face of joy, I have right? not seen yeah. that photo. You're so. feeling so much your happiness. Time. Yeah, that was a surprise. Okay, let's go back. There she is. That's great. Meanwhile, Riley's just keeping it calm. No big deal. Thanks, guys. Everything's good. Yeah. It's what? all good. Okay, this, you look good there, there. you know, just normal intake yeah. of breath. <laughs> that looks so funny. Okay. <laughs> you gotta take that one down. That's great. Can we show it what? No, no, no we don't. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what is it about that track, Riley, that everyone talks about? Oh, it's the fastest track at, at BU, right, in Boston? Um, There's a lot of science kind of behind it, but it's, we describe it as bouncy, like just yeah. the wood huh. it's made out of, the surface, just, and then obviously there's a placebo. Once everybody starts running fast times, you start to believe there's something about the track. Mm. So, yeah. But, but apparently there wasn't a ton of oxygen. Uh, right? Yeah. Is that, is that what <laughs> I mean, 15 minutes into a race, you start to go a little lactic. Yeah. For, for sure. We don't know what that's like. Let's oh be honest. Goodness. You guys tell us. All right. The quartet of awesome here with BYU Women's Track and Field, the distance runners. Uh, you've done so much incredible stuff already. The, the marks, I mean, the honors, they're, they're already all there. So um, I just want each of you to answer shortly. What's, what is next for you in terms of individual goals? We'll start with you, Jenna. Like, what's, what's next on your list of individual goals? Yeah, well, I think for me last year, I didn't qualify for the NCAA Indoor Championship. So I'm really happy to, I'm pretty sure that time will make it in. So I'm really excited to go there. And um, I think from here on, I just want to, keep becoming the best version of myself, keep working hard um, and just do my best that I can there, continue to try to PR in some other events this year and just have fun with it, enjoy time with my teammates and be the best that I can be. Alexi, where do you stand in that conversation? Yeah, kind of the same boat. Um, I did the 3K last year mostly, so this is my first time really like focusing on the 5K. So I guess I just really want to see, I don't know, how much more we can continue to improve in that event yeah. and to, our times should make it into NCAs, so just to, get to that line knowing that we had given everything in training in life just you know to get to the line ready to go and to see what we can do all right aubrey what's the next individual goal for you um yeah, i feel I bad even asking this question because no. like, you've already done so much like what are you gonna no. do next i think it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse to be like i feel like all of us can attest tight we feel like we've never made it you know like you feel like you do something great and you're like, oh, but what if, you know, like all of us were mm -hmm. like, oh, but what if we could have just gone in the 20s or like, what if, you know? And so I feel like for me, it's just like the goal is just to have no regrets, just leave everything out there so that I can finish my eligibility and be like, you know what? I did everything that I could. And there's always somewhere else that I'm going to want to go. There's always another time. There's always another place that I want. But um, yeah, just having no regrets and knowing that I gave everything on on that day. All right, and our Myler specialist. <laughs> you ran 4:30. Like, is is the goal 4:29? That yes. <laughs> what's, sure. what's the record of BYU? Uh, 4:29.76. Okay, yes. so right there. Yeah. Wow. So you're just a half second off. Yeah. Mm. A half second from being the record holder at BYU. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, especially knowing like Whitney Orton, national champion, holds it. I'm like, to be that close to her is just amazing. But. Um, for next goals, I know we're all running the 3K next week, so I think just trying to pull each other along to some really fast times in that and just keep having faith and in, enjoying the ride. And there are professionals uh, there, right? So Anna Camp Bennett, I think, won, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Courtney Wayman was there. What's it like to see some of the alums at the same race? Yeah, it's incredible. I feel like we 
all look up to them and just um, it's incredible the things that they've done for the program and just like the place that they've allowed us to be. So we're really grateful for them. We love seeing them succeed and Anna Camp paced our race. So we were very grateful for her. She was right on and um, she did everything she could to go as long as possible. So um, we just we love having them there and enjoy following their journeys, too. And all for the brand, right? Even when they move on, it's like, do you feel like that camaraderie? Like, is is there um, a game plan of sorts with them, even though they're not technically running at BYU? How does that work? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, even at the meet, we had planned for Anna to come back and pace us. And even, like, in workouts, they'll do workouts with us. And I know, like, me and Obs, we, uh, we ran for, at least I ran for two years with them while they had eligibility and Obs for more. And so there is that camaraderie. Like, they are... They're our teammates in a sense, like they're our friends. And so, I mean, lining up in a race like that where Anna was pacing, we all knew that she would give everything within her power to take us as far as she could. Wow. And she for sure did. <laughs> she, she was eating oxygen as well. Nice. But she, she took us very far. And nice. yeah, no, that camaraderie, that camaraderie even allowed us to stay on her for longer, knowing that like if Anna's doing it, like I, I can stay with her to pull everyone along. But. So is that 3K going to be at the Husky Classic in Seattle? Okay, what are you expecting, Aubrey, at that to uh, the next step? <laughs> yeah, I don't – hard question. I, yeah, just kind of want to have fun again with my teammates and just leave everything out there and see what I can do because I don't get to race a 3K – I don't get to race a 3K quite as often. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fun to race it. Is there, like, BYU swag as distance runners? Like, nationally people know you? Like, yeah, we're brave. <laughs> I think we're more famous for Coach Taylor. <laughs> she is pretty fantastic. She's the best. She's got a Nike yeah. deal of her own. Yeah. Pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Well, I, no, yeah. I was just saying, I think it's also cool because we just, there's always a lot of women that we have like representing BYU while we're there. And so I think we're known as also like one of the biggest teams and we have mm. so much depth because we have um, obviously so many talented people in different events. So it's really fun to show up with a big crew. That's <laughs> awesome. And way to rep the uh, beat digger today. That's what this logo is called. That's great. Yes. yes. Not it's, surprisingly, you're all fashionable, as is Coach Taylor, right? Fantastic. <laughs> Looking good. Okay. Welcome, uh, as always, to Studio B. Great to have you with us here. First and, time uh, arriving. Nice yes. job. Thank let's, you. Let's, uh, let's give you some BYU Sports you break the mile record, we'll bring you back. Yes. So. Let's give you some karma to break yep. that mile record, okay? Yep. Take it. When it happens, we're going to claim that yep. it was our, we did it. Okay? Yeah, all right? it's, all, it's all about coming on the show. <laughs> good luck in Seattle next week. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank you to all of these fantastic women for being here with us on BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYUSN, the 2024 BYU football schedule is out. We'll go through some of our favorite schedule superlatives. Plus, we get former BYU great Hans Olsen, radio analyst, to answer all of those same schedule superlatives. And what does he really think about the BYU-Utah game not being on rivalry weekend? It's a ball night for women's hoops at Kansas. With 10 games left, what will it take to finish in the top 10 in the Big 12? And standout distance runners Jenna Hutchins, Lexi Halliday-Lowry, Aubrey Frenthaway, and Riley Chamberlain join us off incredible performances last weekend in Beantown. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, January 31st. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who has been known to critique children's art at times, Jerem Jordan. 
Well, when my children bring them home, it's always wonderful, right? But it's different when it's someone else's. But uh, Kansas put out uh, their schedule release with kids drawing the logos of their opponents. So uh, a seven-year-old girl named Scarlett drew um, all of these. And here's her drawing of the Sailor Coog, which I think is pretty good. Yes. I think that's amazing. I am terrible at drawing, so I'm not going to critique anyone's drawing. But I think this is good for anybody, let alone a seven-year-old. You could have told me that a 12-year-old drew that, and I'd have been like, all right, yeah, okay. I Seven years old. I would have taken grown adult. Okay, <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm always intrigued nice by the creativity of different people and different fan bases when it comes to schedule releases, and we have our own gem at BYU. Heme Heimuli. Yeah, he, he did a Seinfeld one, which is super funny. West Virginia's was hilarious. They did all things in the kitchen, and for Pitt, they basically – the dog was going out, and they just took the trash can. <laughs> that was the. That was pretty fun. Ah, that's fun. Rivalry is it, is that more entertaining, or um, you and I growing up in Utah and the creativity required to ask someone to a dance? Because I, I was not about that. I did not like that that much. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I, like, why can't I just ask someone and go to the dance? It, it, you would think it would be that What does it have to be this big and, and show simple? And, but it's not. Yeah. I, I would always choose this type of creativity over trying to come up with some unique way, some candy bar poster that yeah. is yeah. using different words from candy bars to ask somebody on a date. Yeah, no. I, I don't no. know. Is that a Utah thing only, by the way? Or is that done all I, over the country? I don't, I, it's done all okay, over? Okay, so, okay. We're not that weird. We're weird, Colton Potter's no. like, let's talk all He's from Indiana, from so Indiana. at least it's done yeah. in Indiana and Utah. <laughs> the, Indiana, no one's ever convicted them of being weird. Yeah. Oh, but well done. Seriously speaking, Scarlett as a seven-year-old drawing this. Yeah, nice work. Outstanding. Nice Schedules work. are out. We have plenty to discuss. All rise and shout. Let's get to a superlative edition of what's trending. We waited a long time for the dates, but now we have it. I'm still used to being in independence. I'm not used to being in the Big 12, so this is awesome. Big 12 schedule number two for BYU football in this new Power 4 era. Yeah, no one's really <laughs> saying it, but that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's becoming with no Pac-12 in yeah, play next sure. season. Now that uh, the Four Corner Schools are part of the Big 12, they are now on BYU's schedule. All of them except for Colorado. That said, uh -huh. it's time that we get into one of my favorite topics, the superlatives of a new schedule. I, I thought it was is, superlatives this until is right super, now. This is super fun right here. Okay, We've broken it down into five different categories. We did not consult each other nope. uh, with our answers about each of these superlative questions. We've been told the three of the five are the but same. We have, so <laughs> the, the classic. Okay. So I'll start with the first question, yeah. which is, and we all know that Utah is circled because of the rivalry factor. Clearly. So aside from Utah, yeah. what's the game you circled second? Uh, Arizona is the one Ooh. I circled second. Here's why. They went 10-3 and last year. Amazing season. Number 11. They were the third best Pac-12 team, and that's saying a lot. Washington goes to the national title game. Oregon wins the Fiesta Bowl. Arizona was third in the Pac-12 in overall record and league play. I am very intrigued by that one. There's a lot of history there. Yeah. And with Kalani Satake and, you know, the decade before, yeah. um, obviously a regional game, old whack rival uh, of sorts there. Um, so Arizona, I'm, I'm excited about that game. I'm just one week after you, and we're not sure if it's going to be on a Friday or a Saturday because it's listed as October 18th or 19th. But I'm going to Oklahoma State. BYU had a 17-point halftime lead against the Cowboys. 
I heard that. In the regular season finale. Yeah. <coughs> and then Ollie Gordon went absolutely nuts. Ollie Gordon, the 12th, against showed BYU. up. <laughs> well, the fifth, because he 's scored five touchdowns. But the right? seventh version of him. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I want to see what the return trip is for Oklahoma State. I think that BYU fans obviously will not have forgotten what went down in a, on a rainy day in Stillwater and we what it cost not. BYU. Yep. No chance at a bowl game. That one was really, really tough to stomach. However... Oklahoma State is also the team, until they're not, that is the heir apparent to maybe Texas and Oklahoma as the next great power because they were in the Big 12 championship game. They returned their star running back. Mm-hmm. Like They should be picked near the top, if not at the top, of the preseason poll. I think so, because preseason stuff is based on quarterback and returners, and that's how it works. So it doesn't automatically mean you're going to show up and do that. See TCU from last year, right? But when you return the quarterback it, 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 and uh, the best running back in the in country. In the league, yeah, in the country. Joke Walker Award winner. Yeah, that's an intriguing game for sure. And a ninth-year quarterback, no less. Ninth, it's amazing. He has four doctorates. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, uh, second question. What's the toughest game? This was an easy answer for me. BYU at Utah. Amen. Everything that builds up to this, yep. BYU finally ending the nine-game losing streak in 2021 and then the game not happening for two more years. And yes. so – Utah's had to sit on that, and BYU, you know, BYU fans, because they can be annoying and hilarious, are like, oh, it's been 1,400 days since B- Utah's beaten BYU. That's, or, or whatever. Almost when, 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 you say, when you say fans, you looked at me. Because no. <laughs> I love that stat, Spence. I love that one. Okay. It's just a lot. The, the chip on the, <laughs> the proverbial chip on the shoulder is yes. real for Utah and their entire fan base. And this game is in Salt Lake City. If yes. it were at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, maybe I go somewhere different with this answer. But it's in yes. Salt Lake City. It's in November. They're members of the same Power Four conference for the first time ever. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, there's so many different contextual levels to this game. B- BYU is is going to be in it. They need to be ready for just what is going to be, oh, my gosh. It's just going to be a, a circle of vitriol and hatred, and the, the rivalry will be very, very thick. Luckily, everyone's cool and respectful about it, oh um, which is exciting. BYU hasn't won up there since, what, 06, right? The last time BYU won in Salt Lake City, was, was, that, the John, was that the John Beck game? Right. Oh, my goodness. So, it's been a long time since it's been almost 20 years. In 18, Zach Wilson and the gang are up 20 and a half and, unfortunately, lose that lead. Yeah. So, so many that, close losses. That's a big game. You, listen, Utah has a ton of respect. They won the Pac-12 uh, the previous two years prior to last year. They play really well at home. They've always got great line play. Cam Rising is back. Oh, what if Cam Rising had played in 21? Well, you could have put him in the game. Um, he is uh, going to be the quarterback uh, in theory. It's November 9th. I, who knows? But, uh, yeah, looking excited for that game. That's a tough game. If you win that one, that is a fantastic win. That would be BYU's best win of the season. Yeah. I don't see anywhere. Like, if yeah. they win that game, Regra- uh, what, what other win is going to be better than that? Because Utah is expected to be ranked and competitive in the Big 12 right away. Uh, if you ask their fans, they are the, clearly the best team and will dominate out of the gate. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. Sorry. Um, I know the Pac-12 got really good last year, and what happened to Utah? They, obviously, they had injuries at the quarterback position with Rising. Well, technically, he never got injured in season. He just sure. didn't play. But when there are a bunch of good teams, and there weren't teams at the top of the Pac-12 level in the Big 12 last year. There was one in Texas. 
But it's not. It's going to be hard. Again, it's the land of nine and three, eight and four. So we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I agree. Tough, yeah, Utah tough is at Utah is the toughest game. Yeah. I, like, Utah's a good team, and they play well at home. Maybe the question is, what's the second toughest game? <laughs> I, I don't know. There are some yeah. sneaky games on there for sure. Yes. At SMU is tough. At UCF That's, is tough. At SMU is sneakier than you think. This is a team that just won 11 games. I mean, they were amazing. Last year. Texas Humidity, Friday Night Lights in Dallas. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a sneaky game for sure. Okay, next question. Number three superlative here. What's the biggest trap game on BYU's 2024 schedule? Dude, it is Wyoming. Yes, it, it is, is Wyoming. It is. Because it's right before the Kansas State Big 12 opener. It's a G5 road game. You think that you should go in there and just win. Nope. This is the Super Bowl for the Cowboys there, man. The emotion, the tradition, the history, the location. Like, yeah. you know, it could be just crazy windy that day. Who knows? That is the biggest trap game. Oh, man. I, and this is probably more for BYU fans than it is for the BYU team. I, I, I believe that Kalani Satake knows – what Wyoming football is all about. He has great respect for the program. He's played there himself. Yes, he knows, he knows. the deal. Yeah. I, this is, again, a, shout, a warning, if you will, to BYU fans. Like This is not going to be an easy game. If, if this is a one-point BYU win, wouldn't shock me at all. If this is a three-point BYU loss, wouldn't shock me at all. Ask this can't Texas, be that picky for no, margin, right? Ask Texas Tech last year. Texas Tech had a good team. And they had their starting quarterback the entire game. Like, they were at full health. Yes. They had a big lead in that game late and lost it. Wyoming wins in overtime. It was a stunner. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. That was kind of the moment we were like, whoa. Wyoming football like, might actually be a little bit back. Like, they're on, they're on the uptick. I know that Coach Bowles has retired, and so there's a, a changing of the guard there, which is tough for any team to overcome. But yep. still, in Laramie, in September, like – Wyoming fans hate BYU. Like, the hatred they have for BYU is right there with Utah. Like, if you talk to, like, you know, you experienced I've been there twice, bro. You have done this. It is. (laughs) We went over to the student section. Yeah, I was like, what are we doing over here? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, What is the most winnable Big 12 game? It's the regular season finale. BYU hosting Houston Mm. on senior day. Cougardom. Yeah. There's just. To me, there's no way that BYU loses that game. Houston is a program that is in full rebuild mode. They fired Dana Holgerson. They have a new coach. Willie and, Fritz, right? And you got a, they're a warm-weather school that's got to play in Provo on November 30th yeah, on let's BYU use, Senior Day. Let's use that against people. We're always the cold-weather school in, like, golf and softball and baseball. Yeah, yeah, warm-weather school Houston coming in November. I like this. That's like an incredibly this. difficult road trip for a team like Houston to make. Yeah. To Provo and the emotions will be some direct flights. I don't know. It's gonna be alright. Ask Oklahoma. Taking wagons. What's going on? How tough it is to play on Senior Day in Provo, right? When BYU was a 17-point underdog, and like Oklahoma was a hundred-yard pick-six away from losing that game. By the way, we found out that that Oklahoma requested that game be super early, for whatever reason, which is interesting. Interesting. I loved that it was early. That was great. I wouldn't mind if it was early against Houston. I don't think it's going to matter for the Cougars in red. No. I, I think they're walking into C-O-O. They're walking into a big old L to close out the regular nice. season. I like that. All right. Okay, mine is at Arizona State. Oh. Sun Devils stunk last year. They were terrible. Uh, three and nine, first-year head coach Kelly, uh, Kenny Dillingham, the OC from Oregon. They're figuring things out. Friendly travel and location for Cougar yeah. fans. A lot in the Valley of the Sun. Lots of Cougs going to show up there. Uh, you know, you got Jacob Conover and Tate Romney on the team. It's kind of fun there. 
Tyler Algier punch out play. We can play that a million times in the pregame and the lead up to that. So Arizona State was not good last year. Perhaps they get better, but they ain't gonna get eight and five better. I, I think that is the most winnable Big Twelve game. I know it's a road game. Sure. But it's not that big of a road game in terms of the travel and location and whatnot with the BYU fans and the flight. So I uh, I like at Arizona State. All right. Okay. Uh, I, lo- I love that the BYU fan base will show up and show out for sure, especially if Arizona State's not great this year. Like, they will oh, scoop they will up invade. all of the tickets. Yes. They will scoop up all of the tickets. Yes. And that will feel like a pseudo-neutral site game. Absolutely. Which a ton of BYU no, no, fans. No, no, no. Listen, some of the best BYU fans in the country are in Arizona. Without yeah, question. Like, awesome. we, we should believe what's happened the last few times BYU's been in Arizona playing against Arizona. Yeah. We did a fan fest in Mesa in the middle of the summer, and there were thousands of people, and the generator that we were using to power our truck just quit like three times. They're like, oh, we're off the air now. <laughs> it was so it, hot. We're off the air again. Oh, we're off the air. We're done. We're like, okay. Okay, we're just going to go meet fans. We're going to go to air conditioning somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, hot. Just got a text message from uh, a viewer, a friend. It's like, Spencer, BYU's beaten Wyoming nine times in a row. Really, bro? It's like, I, it's in Laramie. We're not saying they're losing. We're just saying it's, it, it is, it's trappy. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful. It's a trap. Wyoming's playing better football. They're on their home field. It's the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, nine straight wins for BYU, yes, but... Mm. They care a lot. Every game has its own identity. And All right. BYU has chosen to walk into that <laughs> yeah. rat's They're nest. They're honoring the contract. They're honoring the contract. Final superlative question. Yeah. What's the best road trip on the 2024 BYU football schedule? Now, you could pick, you know, if you're, if you're uh, you know, a Joanna Gaines, Dr. Pepper oh, thing, you could pick Magnolia sure. Farms. Oh, Magnolia, your big hats and your Stanley Cups. And the whole SNL made fun of that over the weekend. By the way. Dr. Pepper really, Museum in Waco. Really funny. It is UCF by a mile. Orlando, Disney World, Universal Studios. Give me Butterbeer. Give me the beach. Give me NASA. <laughs> Give me the Knights of UCF. It's starting to turn cold in Utah. It's late October. And so... The I, was, I thought you were it right now. I was like, no, dude, yeah. it was like 57 no. yesterday. It's going to be awesome. I don't know why I'm wearing this It'll today. be nice again today. Weirdly, like, balmy Beautiful. weather in late Oh, it's going to go away quick. Okay. In late October, that's when it starts to get down into the 40s and 50s. Like, go to Florida and spend some time in 78 degrees and sunshine and with all the theme parks and good food mm. and amenities... And frankly, the bounce house is a fun place to watch a football game. You like, saw it was in rocking 2014. in 2014. Yeah. Jordan Leslie was still held. It was a terrible missed pass interference call in overtime. I'm still mad. I'm, I'm so that's one of the games that I will never get over. Like that one, that one stung. Christian Stewart should have won that game and been credited as BYU's quarterback going on the road and, and, and winning a huge game against a ranked UCF. Luckily, Gosh! It was, that was an easy game though, emotionally, because like Taysom gets hurt the previous Friday. And then you have to go short week on a Thursday to UCF. There were no issues with that. Getting up for that or preparing. <laughs> it was so hard, right? I know. It was so hard. Anyway. It's they, fun place to watch a game. Uh, yeah. One day I'd love to see a game there. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. The, the bounce the, house. The bounce house. Like, they bring it. Like, Who doesn't like a bounce house, They have the Spence? largest, like, daily student attendance. 60K uh, or something. Of any school in America. Arizona right? State has a huge uh, student population. They don't, they don't get the. They're not known for that. Yeah. But you see how they are. They're the largest daily enrollment. It's like, yeah, like 63,000 or something. It's just wild. So Double the, Brigham. They, they will have a lot of loud fans there. And UCF, uh, let, let's not forget, they um, had the best record of any of the newcomers last year in the Big 12. Mm, good for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. They're a good, good team. Good for you. Our question of the day. Aside from the rivalry game at Utah, which game are you circling second on BYU's 
football schedule in 2024? Benjamin D. Nelson answers on X. Kansas and Oklahoma State at home. BYU played well against them last season, and I feel like with the LAS crowd, BYU can beat them. Typically when an old OC comes in to town, it feels like BYU's done well against that person mm-hmm. and that team. See Ryan Pugh, see Norm, see Norm Chow just out the see top Jeff of the dome. Jeff Grimes with Baylor in Jeff, 2022. Yes, Jeff Grimes coming back this time with Kansas. So we'll see. All right, I like the Kansas game too. Like I almost chose that one as the game I'd circled second because I think Kansas is, for whatever reason, we're still just not like bought in on them. They're legitimate. Oh, no, they're quality. Yeah. Like, Coach Leipold is really good. Yeah, I was shocked he didn't go elsewhere. He's building in Kansas. They, they will be a competitor yeah. for the Big 12 championship. Number 22 men's basketball plays at West Virginia Saturday. Pre-game coverage at 5 Eastern on BYU Radio. Former BYU lineman and a fantastic radio personality, BYU football radio analyst Hans Olsen joins us next to discuss his answers to our schedule superlative questions. Does he like the date of the BYU-Utah rivalry game? This is BYUSN. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Here are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Johnson to the rim, driving dunk! And Richie oh. Saunders hammers it home with the right hand. Transition Noah. triple, Noah. Yeah. Quick pull, fire, and oh. score. Foose by himself, and he hammers it home. An excited or laughing Mark Durant's always a good thing. I was going to say, I wish Mark Durant would get excited during the uh, radio <laughs> We are live in Studio V. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. And we welcome in a guest that we haven't spoken to in the studio in quite a while. He it, graduated? I didn't. Indeed, he did. It feels like you were just here. Probably. Nixon. You probably graduated with high honors, too. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to bestow that upon you, even if you didn't. Bestow. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton Nixon is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dalton, welcome back. Oh, thanks. Okay. It's always good to be back here. It's like you, you look the same. Yeah, you know, working out. Yeah, try try and stay in shape. You know, you know, active. My wife pushes me a little bit, so it's good though. Have your kids already committed, or your unborn children, for that matter? Unborn kids committed to BYU. Yeah, we've already got them locked into BYU. So I've already had that conversation with Coach Pope. We're good to go. The Royal Blue Collective (laughs) has had that conversation as well. For sure. Uh, I think everybody naturally want to know what's uh, what's going on in your life before we get into the the nitty gritty of BYU basketball. What what's the latest in your personal life? Yeah. So I mean, as soon as I finished up a few years ago. Um, jumped into coaching and, and running youth basketball, you know, with the club side. And so, you know, we have a handful of teams that we're running here in Utah County. And, you know, being able to coach and, and be in the gym with, with younger kids has been a, a big blessing in my life. And it's been, a, it's been awesome to be able to see this, you know, turn into something that I can do full time. So I really enjoy it, staying around the game, you know, obviously staying still close to BYU and seeing what they're doing. But life's good, so I can't complain. With who your parents are, coaching is just perfect. It was, it meant, just, it was it, meant for me. It, it was, just is. Yes. It's awesome. Okay, BYU's in the Big 12, man. This has been such a fun journey because BYU's competing well. They're playing big-time games. What's it been like to watch BYU enter this new era? I mean, first off, I'm really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's really cool to see them, you know, do so well in the Big 12, to see the high expectations, to see all of the pieces come together. You know, um, when we were in the WCC, Losing games, it just felt like, you know, it was the end of the world, yes. right? That's, why, that's how it felt. That's what the expectations were for the fans. If you lost to someone that wasn't called St. Mary's or Gonzaga, it was, you know, doomsday. But I think where they're at right now is they've grown so much here in the Big 12, and they're just going to continue to get better and better, and they've proven that they can play with anyone. 
We've been talking about if through the first seven games of Big 12 play, BYU is on schedule. And the schedule seemingly lightens up. And I mean, I say that so hesitantly. But it lightens up. You see some triple-digit net rankings. By, by the <laughs> <Yeah>. metrics <laughs> Finally. in February. But they're 3-4, and four, so are, are they on schedule? Are they ahead of schedule? Or do you think they're a little behind schedule with that losing mark in Big 12 play? Um, I, I think going into the season, if you were to say top 25 team at the end of January, <laughs> uh, top 10 Ken Palm. I can't even I not think, laugh. I think we're yeah. ahead of schedule here. You know, obviously it's hard because we've had so many close games and there's so many what ifs. You know, what if with Cincinnati? What if with Texas Tech? And you can't think of it that way because the Big 12 is an absolute gauntlet. And so I think we're ahead of schedule. I think we're in a great spot resume-wise for the tournament, which is obviously you want to continue to build that resume because that's the, that's the goal is to make to the tournament, advance to the second weekend, and this is a team that I think Sure. Now, Jer- maybe, you, maybe you agree with me. I don't, I don't know if we've had this conversation, but typically – Let's have it now. Let's do it. Typically, like just the way basketball is, and at BYU, there will be some wins on the schedule where you're like, didn't expect that. And then there will be a loss where we're like, oh, man, I didn't expect that. To me, it's the Cincinnati loss. That's un- that was unexpected. And then the Iowa State win. And not only, not only that, but how they did it. Yes, I, I agree with that because Iowa State uh, is net 10 still. That's the best one of the season. Uh, what's the best one of the season to you, Dom? I mean, I got to say, yeah, I, I think Iowa State, you know, I, I think what's crazy is you watch these games and it, it's the way that they did. It's the way they did it against Texas, the way they did it against Iowa State. And I think that, you know, the, we just, we cause a lot of problems for teams. And to be able to do that against a really good defensive team like Iowa State, I think that was the statement win, win of the year. And BYU in both those games was really efficient with uh, fouls and free throws. This is something we've been watching. It's hard not to foul in a physical, athletic league like this. And it's hard to get to the free throw line. But we saw in both those games a different way to win. It wasn't, well, hopefully we just make a bunch of threes. Listen, any, any pathetic team could just walk into a game and go, well, hopefully we make a bunch of threes. is much more skilled than that. What, how many versions of BYU do you feel like they have to where, okay, they're not relying on this one way to win? Yeah, so I think the three-point line is going to be our bread and butter, obviously. We're going to shoot it at a high level. We have really skilled guys that can space the floor, which is just causing so many problems for teams. We're unlike any other team in the Big 12, which I think is one of our biggest strengths. You know, I can't imagine a scout team for a team trying to run our actions and think, like, this is how it's going to feel in a game against BYU. And so I think one of the most impressive things is how they're able to close out games. And in the Big 12 and in any conference win, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a challenge. And so to be able to get you there with the three-point line and then in the end of games, figure out ways to win on the defensive side of the, of the ball, rebounding the ball, those are the most impressive things for me. And those were things that we would focus on as, as, a, as you know, when I was playing. So. Dalton Nixon is with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU basketball standout. We're also discussing good record in February, and uh, the metrics say that BYU has an 80% chance or better in four of the eight approaching games in February, and 70% or better in five of the eight, and then some coin, like coin flip games, including at Oklahoma. So what would be a good record in those eight games, given that BYU is going to be the favorite in the majority of those? Yeah, I mean, four and four, I'm happy with. Five and three, I think we can. You know, I, I like Jerem's eight and zero. You know, why are, why are we playing? Why are we playing games we don't think we're going to win? Let's go! <laughs> no, I think I, I think this is a uh, you know, this is a group that you know they stay healthy, they continue to play the way they can. Uh, five and three would be tremendous. Looking at this record. Um, and, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be hiccups, bumps in the road. Like you said, it's how can you respond after a loss? How can you respond after a big win? That's what's going to get them through, and it's going to be game by game. Playing in the WCC, that was, that, that was what you did when, when you had it, right? 
this group seems to be like uh, growing before our eyes in terms of like matching the competition, matching the level. Where and, and how are you seeing BYU grow as a program to meet the need now being in this league? Yeah, so I mean, when you think about going into the Big 12, I think everyone was just like, uh, we don't really know what to expect. We don't know how good the league is. We don't know how tough these road games are. Um, for us to be able to be where we're at right now in January, I think that we've grown so much in a, in a month. And it's like, how, you know, where can we be in another month? And I think that just has to be from game to game, you're going to see these kids grow. And it's really exciting to see because the coaches are going to continue to get better. Our players are going to continue to get better. And so I just think we're in a really good spot to do some damage towards the back half of this conference. It's wild because BYU is one player that's getting any kind of draft buzz. There's no, I don't know that there's a first-team all-conference guy on the team, maybe not even a second. It is a great team. And you're seeing Dallin Hall, super young still. We just assume he's this been-there guy. It's the middle of his sophomore year. Like, it's, it's fun to see these guys grow together and uh, compete really high. Dalton Nixon again with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about maybe some similarities that you see with this team compared to some of the good teams that you played on, specifically that 2019-2020 squad that featured yourself and Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, the sharpshooting Zach Selyus, who's got that He's beautiful now got a mullet, mullet <laughs> going right now, yeah, just, just knocking down threes. <laughs> So what similarities do you see between your team and this year's BYU basketball team? So I think offensively, it's a similar team where they have really skilled players. Um, the space, there's so much space on the floor. You just see that. They just cause so many problems for teams because you've got five guys that can shoot the ball. You've got five guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot. And I think that's what is, was similar to our team, even though we were probably a little bit more undersized. Um, one of the things that I think that I'm jealous of is, you know, our team was experienced. We were older. But you look at this team, and I mean, they've grown so much in the last month that it's like that experience just in those seven Big 12 games, like that's so valuable. And so um, I just think that the, you know, they have the, the, the core group of, of leadership coming together. They shoot the ball so well. They're learning how to win as a team. And those are the things that I think were really similar to, to the groups that I played with. Feels like that group maybe had a few more kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one guys, TJ and uh, Jake specifically, that at the end of the shot clock could probably make a play. Right now, BYU is kind of doesn't have like that dude per se. Dawson Baker might have been that guy, um, but they've had to overcome some stuff. I do want to ask: Is there a day that goes by that you don't think about what if with the COVID cancellation of March Madness? Because that one, that one hurts. It's like, what would 2011? Brandon Davies with BYU have done, and what would 2020 have, have done? It, it hurts to think about it. The, the funny thing is, is, you know, life goes on. And, Does you it? Know, we're, it goes on. <laughs> I know it doesn't go on for you guys because you're still here. You guys are still here. But, we're still you know, here. believe it or not, we've all, you know, everyone from my team, we've got, kind of gone on with our lives. But the funny thing is, is you talk to fans all the time, oh, and man. they come up and they're like, your group, you know, and, and so I mean, like, I'll just say, yeah, we were, we were a Final Four team, yeah, it's, it was COVID's fault, right? No, but I mean, it, it, that was a group that was really special, we've done a lot of cool things to be able to see that go into the tournament, but I mean, it is what it is, and now we have another great team to support here at BYU, and, and so now these guys are up next. I wanted a more bitter response there. <laughs> I needed, it grinds my day. No, it just would have been, you guys playing like a top 10 team at the time. Yeah. Because the first nine, Yoli's out for the dumb paperwork stuff. You're playing so hot. You beat Gonzaga. We've forgotten about the St. Mary's game right after. Whatever. Flush it out. You go to the NCAA tournament and the nation's top three-point shooting team. Could have gone to that second weekend for the third time ever.
But we haven't thought about Think, it. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> I haven't thought, but I haven't done that. Again, I've moved on. I've totally moved on. Totally got other yes. jobs. Yeah, totally over it. After oh, wait. <laughs> that, that level of depression has been uh, rarely touched when it comes to BYU sports in my life. For sure. <sighs> a little like, sensitive. Oh, okay. A little, little tender. We'll, we'll finish with this. If you had to pick a player on this year's roster that you think is the Dalton Nixon of BYU basketball, who, who is it on this year's squad? This is an easy pick for me. Richie Saunders, he's been one of my favorite players all year. I just love the edge that he plays with. I love the energy that he brings. That was me and Zach Selyus coming off the bench, you know, just doing anything that you can to help your team win. So Richie's my guy. And coming off the Richie Saunders flu game where he just <laughs> knocks down his first three after not practicing for Amazing. three days. Amazing. He's been so good. He's been amazing. Dalton, it's great to have you back in studio. Thanks for coming man. in, man. Yeah, thank you. It's good Appreciate to see you. Glad things are going well. Come hang out again, oh, okay? Let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's talk more basketball. Okay, check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Trey Stewart's the guest. Coming up tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I'm in the film room with Noah Waterman. After the break, we've discussed men's basketball at length and how they graded out in January and projections for February. But what about the women's team? What do we think? Same questions asked about the women's team. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Back to BYU Sports Nation. We're hanging out live in Studio B. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's welcome in the BYU Football Director of Player Personnel, Justin Anderson, for a few reasons, because... Another signing day is right around the corner, uh, Wednesday, February 7th. Also, I want to talk about some guys that are trying to pursue their pro dreams at different All-Star games. Justin, welcome back to the show. Great to be back. You yeah. were just hanging out with Kingsley Suomataia as yeah. uh, he gets ready for the Reese's Senior Bowl. What was that experience like to be there with Kingsley, and how's he feeling about the approaching draft and, and what he has to do in terms of work before the draft? Yeah, so I got there uh, really the first day of practices, and I thought he represented himself well. He played I mean, from the individual work to the one-on-ones to the teamwork, I thought he did a great job. So I think he's put himself in good position. You know, you're seeing a lot of really good players. That's the nice thing is you're competing against really good players. Like, these are guys that you expect to be drafted and play on Sundays. So I think you get to see where you're at. And I think he did really well. What's it like to kind of walk around, and I'm sure you're feeling questions from GMs and player personnel guys from NFL teams? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of questions, they, they want to know background type stuff, you know, character, work ethic, that kind of deal. And the nice thing about BYU is those are usually pretty easy questions for us. We, have, we really do have a great group of kids and the guys that are trying to make it to the draft. It's been easy, easy How, conversation for with sure. those guys. How much do you have to sell? Like, obviously, BYU wants to have high-level draft picks. The more first-round draft picks, the better. So how much of an opportunity do you have to be like, Oh yeah, like we're we're putting all these guys in the NFL. You're pointing out the the big time draft picks. How much of an opportunity you had to do that with guys as you try and help better the status of your players that are competing in these games? Yeah, I think it's I think when you get a reputation of of having guys that have success. So BYU, I think not only do they put guys in the NFL, but I think the guys that do go have had good good success, which I think is a really big selling point as you're talking to young men hey, we can help develop you to get there. But the reality is most of these kids have the innate traits, right? You're looking for part of the reason I like to go to these com the combines and the NFL uh, bowl games is you get to see, like, body types. What do they look like? What do they move like? And so, um, you know, Kingsley, he, you can tell he fits in. He doesn't look like a fish out of water. So um, 
Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's an easy selling point for us where we can say, hey, you know, look at this guy, look at that guy. Look, this guy was drafted in this round. We're able to put guys not only in the draft, but then they're going to play at a high level. Specifically at left tackle, this is going to be BYU's third straight starting left tackle who's going to get drafted, Correct. which is big time. Um, and, and so what, what does that mean to the program? Obviously, quarterback's the most high-profile position. But left tackle might be the second-best uh, position to be putting in the league. I, mean, I think it's obviously a very important position. I mean, position guys are drafted at a high level, and, and that's a very valuable position in the NFL. I mean, I think that's one of those positions nowadays that you see, you could see four or five tackles get drafted in the first round, sometimes more, because people are looking for guys that can play that edge to protect against these defensive ends, man. When you, you know, at these bowl games, you see some of these defensive ends. I mean, they are, they are twitchy. Justin Anderson is with us on BYU Sports Station. All right, let's talk about the Shrine Bowl because Isaac Rex, Keaton Slovis, Ryan Rico, all there competing, doing their thing, trying to increase and improve their own draft profiles. Uh, so let's just, let's just start with Isaac. Like, where, where is Isaac uh, when it comes to an NFL potential, and, and how have you seen him develop from the season end to where he is now? Yeah, I think being healthy for him has been, been key. You know, I think he had a whole healthy offseason from the ankle surgery, I think he had a great season. The great thing about Isaac's, he's been productive. So you say all you want, he's productive. And I think that, that matters in the NFL, production matters. And he does have the measurables. So I think he's done a good job of putting himself in a good position to, to have an opportunity to play the next hey, A one-handed catch for a touchdown doesn't hurt either. Yeah, and, and then in the beautiful. games, he's yeah. playing well. And then he made it to the BYU-UCF basketball game right after that, which was also fun. <laughs> like they were playing on campus, he made it to the game, which was super cool. And he's been in multiple games, which is good. Good exposure. Yes. Talk to me about Keaton Slovis, because obviously the numbers weren't what he wanted at Pitt and then at BYU. Yet he's got some of the, the goods that NFL uh, general managers want and whatnot. Hopefully he can get an undrafted free agent opportunity. What, what's the conversation around him right now? Yeah, I think, you know, the nice thing about Keaton is, is he's played in different systems, so you know he can learn a system really quickly, which in the NFL is a big deal. Um, and he has a really good arm. And in the NFL, those things matter a lot. A lot more than people, I think, realize is this ability to throw the ball yeah. at a high level and arm strength, and he has those, those tools. So I think he's done a good job, and he's a really good kid. He's got good character. He showed some leadership for us. And those, sure. those things at that position are really important, to be able to show leadership. Now that we're done with the season, we're looking back on Keaton Slovis's BYU days. How, how much light can you shed on just what he was dealing with injury-wise and, and other challenges-wise while he was at BYU for this one year? Yeah, and I, you know, the thing about Keaton is I thought he handled everything like such a pro. And I think that says a lot about his character and why he was voted a captain by the, by the team. Is It's frustrating to be injured, um, but his desire to kind of be back and help the team, that never lacked. It was never like, I'm done. It was like, what can I do to get back? And so he worked to get back the best that he could, and it just unfortunately didn't work out to where he was. But he's healthy now, and he's throwing. He's in these, bo you know, the bowl game and having a chance to show himself. And then we'll have the pro day coming up, the Big 12 pro day, where yep. these guys are going to have a chance to do that again. So every little opportunity to present yourself to these guys is important. And I think our guys are doing a great job. The ones that have had a chance so far are representing themselves very well. It's hard to make it as a specialist, but Ryan Rico's got a real shot here. Yeah, he really does. I mean, he's got a big leg. He's a big kid. And, um, you know, that punter and kicker is always hard because those guys last forever in the league. So, it, so some of it is timing. Do you, are you coming out at the right time? And I, I feel like he's, if there's a team that needs a punter, if they take him, they won't regret it because he has an NFL leg. 
We need a BYU guy in the league, specifically a punter, just so Pat McAfee has, like, a direct source <laughs> to not only BYU, but, like, a punter from BYU. Yes. Right. That's right. He needs more <laughs> BYU content, if you know what I mean. He needs different content. Yes, he does. Our friend Ryan Smith said as much. It's yeah. time for new content. Maybe that's Ryan Rico as a punter yes. with BYU. Signing days next Wednesday in – we see the writing on the wall. December is the big day now. Yeah. It just it's be, like that's become the real signing day. But technically, the first Wednesday in February is also signing day. Yeah. So, what can you tell us about what to expect uh, a week from now? Will will there be any surprises or or some you know some things that are off the radar that we'll find out next? I Wednesday? mean, I think we'll have we'll we'll sign a few few more guys. Likely, it won't be very big, um, but I think they're really key pieces and re- and very good players. So I think it'll be exciting to add to our group because I feel like our coaches did a really good job of targeting the right guys that we're looking for to build the roster and um, yeah I'm excited about the group of guys that have signed and the, the few guys that will sign now and you know you'll always be because of the changing world if guys leave you got to be looking for transfer portal positions so we'll always be kind of watching that to see what pops up if there's a guy that can really help your team then you always go that but the, you know this year we did not get into that quite as much we yeah. didn't need we didn't need to yeah, and you're saying perhaps post-spring if a need arises? Yeah. Gotcha. You feel better about the BYU's relationship with the transfer portal this year overall? Yeah, I think, you know, it's like it's such a changing dynamic because you've got to fill needs, and sometimes if you really need a guy to step in and play right away, it's tough sometimes to go to that high school route, and that's where the transfer portal kind of is needed. And last year we, we lost a lot of guys, so we kind of needed to jump into that. The nice thing is we got some guys with multiple years that mm. were in the portal. Mm-hmm which ideally I think you want to do because then you can kind of build some continuity and stuff like that. So I think we've done that, and I think I feel really good about the roster we've got coming back. All right. I have to ask this. It's totally unrelated to anything we've been talking about, but you're a speedster. You still work out a ton. Okay. How many guys have you lined up and raced on the, the 120 guys? <laughs> of the 120 oh, guys geez. that are BYU football I players right now. I could a few of them. How, How many, many linemen you could you beat, Justin? <laughs> if I can't beat our linemen, I probably am I'm in trouble. I, I know I can beat our linemen, that's nice. for sure. You're still sub 540. Let's go. Yeah, I can get I can get below five seconds for sure. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. I, I knew a guy one time that claimed he could. I, I claimed, not, claimed he could, but he did not. You know, I've, I've seen that clip before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to, you need to, you need to, do, 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 give me the speed training, okay? <laughs> I, I need hey, you doc, to Dr. help Main, me. Dr. Doc Bain's got gotcha. you. Gotcha. <laughs> Best mustache in the game. Yep. Let's go. Uh, thanks, Justin. Great no, to thanks, talk Justin. to you. Good to see you, man. Okay, gymnastics taking on West Virginia. First home Big 12 meet in the history of Cougar Gymnastics. Coming up tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Love it. At the Marriott Center. Up next, we'll wrap up today's show with the top five wins over Texas all-time at BYU on the heels of another big win against the Longhorns. Saturday's win make the cut. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. And Dave, let's get to today's headlines. And the headline is the men's basketball number 22 on the road at West Virginia. Cougars are 3-4 and four in the Big 12. Mountaineers 3-5 and five in league games. All three of West Virginia's Big 12 wins have been at home. Ken Palm has the Cougars a 12-point favorite. One of the biggest favorites of the weekend. I'll take it. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 Eastern on BYU Radio.
BYU women's basketball will look to snap a two-game losing streak when the Cougars host number 23 West Virginia tomorrow. BYU 2-7 and seven in the Big 12 this year, while the Mountaineers are 7-2. and two. The great Jimmer Fredette will join the great Dave McCann and the great Kristen Kozlowski. It's a lot of great. It's a lot, it's a lot of great that will be on ESPN Plus on the TV call. I will have the radio call at 6 Eastern. I'm just going to try to be good. Those guys are good. <laughs> BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis helped lead the West to a 26-11 victory last night in the East-West Shrine game. Slovis started and directed the West to 10 points while he was out on the field. Texted back and forth after the game. He was happy to be out there, his shoulders healthy, yeah. smiling, and uh, good for him. Also, Isaac Rex, Ryan Rico representing BYU back at the East-West Shrine Week. Rex named to the All-West practice squad. I think that's good. Yeah. Seems like that would be good. Absolutely. Kingsley Suamatei is going to play in the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. That's tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern time on the NFL Network. Saw some practice footage of him yesterday throwing a guy to the ground. It's like, whoa. It's always fun to watch these guys now that the season's over and they're preparing for that next stage in life in the NFL, it's fun to see them going against the best of the best in some of these. And look, a guy like Keaton Slovis, I know last year was not the year that he had hoped he was going to have and injuries played a role in that, but I, I, I never thought that this was going to hurt his NFL potential because he still has every measurable that is important in the NFL. He's still one of those guys that I think NFL teams salivate over the potential of what he can do. I love that he's a great teammate and a good guy, yeah. and you just cheer for those guys. Maybe yeah. a little bit more than the bad guys. You hope everyone does. Sure, get, yeah. But you cheer for the good guys. All right, Puka Nakua, speaking of the good guys, will compete in the Pro Bowl flag football game on Sunday. Puka participated in the best catch game in the skills showdown last night. More on that coming up in yeah, a moment. Yeah, I didn't see that, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. BYU Gymnastics hosts West Virginia tonight in the Cougars 2024 home opener at the Marriott Center. You can watch it at 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Former BYU runners Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Nico Montanez, Jacob Hesslington, and Connor Weaver will all be running in the Olympic Marathon Trials in Orlando tomorrow. The top two finishers will qualify for the Paris Olympics. Good luck to all of them, and what an opportunity. A couple of those guys ran really well in Chicago. Yep. I mean, they got a legitimate shot, and I know you just missed out on the time. There's always- Just, some, just there's, barely. There's always four years from now. Both the BYU men's and women's tennis teams in action this weekend. The men host Montana State tomorrow. The women play later today at Utah State. All right, those are today's headlines. Now, let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Dave, So let's thought? bring our uh, trending topic yes. uh, over to the women's side. We mm -hmm. opened the show talking about the men. The BYU women beat number 23 West Virginia at home tomorrow if... Uh, it all boils down to turnovers with BYU women's basketball. Um, they have really struggled this season turning the basketball over. And I was talking about with the men that if you turn the ball over, you can't let it lead the points. For on the women's side, more times than not, those turnovers have come back to really haunt the Cougars because the opposition has, has scored off of those. So if BYU can limit the turnovers, and I mean 12 or less, which is very possible because in all the games where they've had close to 20, they've also had several where it was under 10 or 11 or 12. They can do this, but against a team like West Virginia that is very active defensively, can force a lot of steals, turnovers to me will be the key. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how BYU's two young freshmen 
guards handle the number one defense in the country when it comes to steals, the full court press. Yeah. The young guards are not an issue for West Virginia. Four starters back from last year's tournament team. Huge challenge for BYU's young guns. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they do. Should be a fun one tomorrow. All right, since 2002, every national champion has finished the season ranked top 40 in Ken Palm's adjusted offense and top 25 in the Ken Palm adjusted defense. There are 13 teams that fit these qualifications. BYU is one of them. So Dave, does this mean BYU is a national championship contender? This is not a blue goggle thing. Our people didn't put that together, yeah. right? This is Ken Palm. Ken stuff. Palm, yes. This is what this is what totally has determined. Neutral guy. Yes. Um, I see that, and I see BYU as a contender to make the NCAA tournament. He's got them as potentially contending for the national title. You got to get there first. Contending contenders. So contending contenders, uh, as opposed to pretenders. And that's why yeah. tomorrow's game's so big. Tomorrow's game is very important for BYU's quest yeah. to the big dance. Uh, and of course, also to the national championship, yeah. according to Kevin. Look, I'm gonna go full coach speak. We're on to West Virginia. That's all I'm worrying about right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna, not gonna worry about all this other big picture. It's all about the Mountaineers tomorrow. Thank you, Bill. Yes. Appreciate that. <laughs> Huka Nakua competed in the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown yesterday in the best catch game. Now, Puka, watch this. He catches a pass while wakeboarding. <laughs> That's so insane. That's what Puka does. Uh, is this catch better than his catch to beat Boise State? Look, um, because I was more emotionally involved in the catch to beat Boise State, you're not going to get me to say it's not that one, but that's pretty impressive. So here's the Boise State one. Yeah. That one I, saved the season. That, that, that won the game. <laughs> that one made my weekend. Might have got him the job with the Rams. <laughs> yeah. So there's not a chance in the world I'm going to say that the wakeboard catch is better than that one. But were any of us surprised to see Gapuka catching a ball no. on a wakeboard? No. 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 I was just surprised there wasn't another guy or two out on other wakeboards trying to defend him when he still caught that. We could do like the pyramid thing where they, you stack him up, Puka could be at the top of catch, right? Go right to the top. There we go. All right. Former BYU wide receiver Margin Hooks took a photo with former teammate and current Texas Longhorn head coach Steve Sarkeesian. How cool is this seeing these two together? It's just awesome. I saw Sark last night being interviewed in the Shrine game because he went to their Hall of Fame. And, Got the dueling hand signs here. Margin is a fantastic yes. rep for BYU and they both love BYU. Yep. One just has a job where he has to wear a burnt orange jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. All right, our question of the day, fill in the blank. BYU beats West Virginia if, our first response from uh, Tater Coog on X. Is this Taysom Hill? At least according to probably Kyle Van Oy who calls him. Does he still call him Taters? I think he calls him whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, he says uh, Tater Coog on X says they out-rebound them and have less than 12 turnovers. I ran into Van Noy at lunch the other day. The guy's huge, but he's back in town. It didn't take time. It's, it's, NFL season's over. Always good to see uh, KVN. Nathan uh, Chantry on Instagram, we start hot and get their fans out of it early. Let's not have a crazy fan shoot on <laughs> a musket behind our bench in the second half. Yeah. Well said, Nathan. Safety first. Yeah, we need a musket-free game coming up on Saturday. Is that what they do in there in the arena? I guess. Yeah, apparently. Fascinating. All right. In response to our elite voice of the day, uh, let's, uh, it's presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. We go to Facebook. Uh, Dallin Ritchie says they score off 
open shots in the paint and free throws first and then get confidence off of open threes and don't turn the ball over. So start in and, and work out. your way out. As opposed to out, yes. working your way in. And then uh, obviously don't turn the ball over. Interesting, when Foos is in there, they're in, working yes. their way out. When Khalifa's in there, he's out and they're working in. Here's what I like though, and I said this earlier. I like the fact though that they can mix it up a little bit. You can start out going one way and if it's not working, boom, you can go to the other. Yeah. All right, today's Rise and Shout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Good luck to Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Nico Montanez, Jacob Heslington, and Connor Weaver. They are running in the Olympic Marathon Trials in Orlando tomorrow. Good luck to all of them. I'm more of a sugar-coated breakfast cereal guy, but tomorrow they should all eat their Wheaties. Amen to that. And run crazy. All right, our thanks to today's guest, Ben Bywater. Conversation continues 24-7 on X Instagram, Facebook, all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Jason. Shout out to Vuk Ivanovich. See you tonight for Gymnastics Home Opener at 9 Eastern. Go Cougs! That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.